now, time for seafood news. Surprise! The Seafood News Podcast is back. I'm SeafoodNews.com Managing Editor Amanda Buckle, and this week's episode is brought to you by Ernaberry's Executive Conference and Global Protein Summit, which have teamed up to create one epic online event in 2020. Featuring both live and on-demand sessions exploring the biggest issues facing the food industry today, this event is a must-attend virtual experience. The event will run October 6th to the 9th. Time is running out. Register your spot now. Visit Ernaberry.com events to book and see the complete agenda. Now, I cannot believe that it's been over five months since we posted our last podcast episode. Unfortunately, I do not have my other half here, Erna Berry Seafood Mark reporter Lauren Castiglione. But let's be honest, I'm sure you all tune in for me anyway. Just kidding. I hope you come back to us soon, Lauren. So the biggest story last week was the announcement from U.S. Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, about the USDA providing approximately $530 million to support the U.S. seafood industry and fishermen who have been impacted by the retaliatory tariffs from foreign governments. Labeled as a seafood trade relief program, the USDA will be providing funding to support mackerel, crab, specifically Dungeness, King, Snow, and Southern Tanner, Flounder, Gooey Duck, Goosefish, herring, lobster, Pacific cod, Pacific ocean perch, pollock, ablefish, salmon, sole, squid, and tuna fishermen. National Fisheries Institute President John Connolly is calling the program a welcomed effort that will help the U.S. commercial seafood industry. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's announcement that it will provide $530 million to support men and women who harvest seafood, whose livelihoods have been impacted by retaliatory tariffs, illustrates the Trump administration's ongoing focus on this important sector, Connolly said in a statement. Seafood starts in the oceans, and making sure those Americans who work the water are supported is vital. While a win for fishermen, the program leaves others, like live lobster dealers and processors, out of the equation. The Seafood Trade Relief Program will be funded through the Commodity Credit Corporation and administered by USDA's Farm Service Agency. Fishermen interested in signing up for relief through the program should apply to their local USDA service center. Applications will be accepted from September 14th through December 14th, 2020. In other news, a research team from the South China Agricultural University and Guangdong Academy of Agricultural Sciences in Guangzhou have conducted a study that allegedly found that COVID-19 collected from salmon can survive for eight days at 39 degrees Fahrenheit. The researchers wrote that this calls for strict inspection or detection of SARS-CoV-2 as a 59 critical new protocol in fish importation and exportation before allowing sales. The National Fisheries Institute was quick to comment on the news story, highlighting the fact that the study has not been published or peer-reviewed. NFI wrote in a blog post that the fact that SARS-CoV-2 survived on chilled salmon does not indicate that salmon is a carrier of the coronavirus. The study could have looked at the virus surviving on any number of things, including a plastic bag, grain of rice, or a shoe. They are also reiterating that it's not a new discovery that the virus can survive on surfaces in the right environment and that there continues to be no evidence that the survivability of the virus on food services, like salmon in this case, can transmit the coronavirus to someone who eats or handles a product. So, once again, COVID is not a foodborne illness. Foodborne exposure to the virus is not known to be a route of transmission. In other coronavirus news, Ecuador is doubling down on biosecurity measures for shrimp exporters. 
Back in July, China suspended shrimp imports from three major Ecuadorian exporters after allegedly finding traces of the coronavirus on packaging of shrimp from Ecuador. China's customs authorities ended up temporarily suspending imports from three companies. The suspension was lifted by the end of August, but the damage was already done as there are multiple reports about how consumers in China have lost confidence in white shrimp from Ecuador. Ecuador's Food Safety Quality Undersecretariat is working to change that by reinforcing and ensuring disinfection and hygiene measures for personnel, especially those in contact with the product and packaging. In addition, companies must provide personal protective equipment and supplies to prevent contagion between workers and possible contaminated surfaces. Diagnostic tests for COVID-19 will also be performed periodically. If a case of COVID-19 is identified, then the worker must isolate themselves for 14 days and can only return to work with the negative test. The latest measures reinforce Ecuador's commitment to limiting the risk of contagion of products, packaging material and processing areas, and will be controlled by the standardized sanitation operating procedures, which guarantee the disinfection of areas and surfaces in order to eliminate contaminating agents. The Undersecretary of Quality and Safety will also be inspecting all Ecuadorian establishments that export shrimp to China. Non-compliance with biosafety procedures will result in the suspension of health certificates, which could make it impossible for a company to export until they present an improvement plan and a new inspection is carried out. In other news, the imported squid market is experiencing record low yearly imports in over 20 years. So far this year, through January, uh, from January through July, squid imports total 52.4 million pounds, while the previous five-year year-to-date average for the same time frame is 86.4 million pounds, a 34 million pound deficit. Not since 1999, when import volume totaled 47.2 million pounds, have we seen imports this low for the first seven months of the year. And in the king crab world, imports from Russia in the first seven months of the year are down 6% year-to-date. Overall, king crab is down 5.4% year-to-date. However, when taking a look at the breakdown between red and blue crab, uh, blue king crab out of Russia, Russian red is actually up 19.6% year-to-date, while Russian blue crab is down 62.1%. In 2019, the breakdown year-to-date was 8.4 million Russian red versus 4.4 Russian blue. 2020 out of Russia is seeing 10 million pounds of red through July versus only 1.7 million pounds of blue. Golden King crab out of Russia is 7.9% year-to-date with 2.4 million pounds imported through July 2020. And finally, to end on a happy note, Nelson Griffin, the Senior Vice President of Ch- and Chief Supply Chain Officer at Red Lobster, has joined the Seafood Nutrition Partnerships Board of Directors. Griffin joins the SMP board in the middle of their latest campaign, Eat Seafood America, which launched in April. The campaign was created to encourage those staying home to stay healthy with good food and nutrition. And as the Seafood Nutrition Partnership explains, staying healthy takes the pressure off our healthcare systems. And staying healthy with nutrition meals is relatively easy when seafood is involved. According to the Seafood Nutrition Partnership, their campaign has found success during the coronavirus pandemic. Of consumers surveyed in June and July, those who reported saying the Eat Seafood America messaging were three times more likely to have increased their seafood consumption in the last two months. Of those surveyed, 12% said that they plan on adding seafood to their meals soon. 22% of those surveyed said that they are learning to cook more seafood at home, and an additional 23% said that they, haven't, uh, that they have eaten more seafood in the last two months. Well, that does it for me. Check back in next Monday for another new episode of the Seafood News Podcast. Thanks for listening.